With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome in, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So you're listening to the podcast. It's 15 September. It's been an awesome show today, actually. We've bounced around so much good stuff, including power dumplings and pizza. Can you believe it? That came from your guy, Ash Dixon, who I was so impressed by, Izzy. He was good. He was good. He bought some great chat, got a text message afterwards, said he absolutely loved it, and that's what we want to hear. People coming on the show and loving it and being themselves, expressing themselves. So cheers to Dicko. Also spoke to Matt Cameron. He is racing today at the Cambridge Synthetic Track, and he gave us a wee tip. Eagle Tarzan, race five in the Synthetic Cambridge Track. So make sure you get on. We've also spoke about electric rugby players. Electric rugby players, top five. What springs, who springs to your mind when you think of electric rugby players? Not just a fast player. We want a player that's at speed, can step both ways, and retain his pace. So we've had some great names. Another one's just come in. Stormin' Norman Berryman. God rest his soul. Love that guy. But anyway, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Yesterday, Joe Moody, um, well, he, he took some time out to catch up with us. It was just me in the end, but that's all right. I, I kind of got the good oil out of Joe because at the end of this chat here, <laughs> he really did lay, he laid the smack down <laughs> like an old wrestling move of his and he kind of picks you up and drops you on your head a little bit. So we'll hear that. But I started <laughs> off as he by asking Joe um, how it was to be in the red hot atmosphere of test match intensity again after a long layoff with that toe injury. Yeah, no, as, uh, as well as I'd sort of mentally prepared for it and everything, it was still a bit of a shock to the system, uh, getting out there and straight into, you know, test, test match level intensity. Um, the body held up all right, you know, I'm just a good bit battered and bruised this year, expect after a um, tough test, but um, toe came through it all good, just uh, still trying to find my lungs a little bit um, <laughs> after it. Uh, yeah, just tough getting the match fitness sorted. And I imagine playing on the Goldie, it's not exactly like a frosty Christchurch evening. Oh, nah. It's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a different kettle of fish uh, playing at this time of year over on the Goldie. It's uh, definitely nice and warm. Um, we haven't had any real scorches or anything um, so far, so it's, I guess it's, uh, it's nothing really to complain about or anything. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit different to, you know, playing your normal super rugby and 
um, some, oh, yeah, frosty sort of conditions. The tight forwards have been absolutely firing, Joe. Uh, what's going so right in there and close in the pack, mate, that's making this, um, yeah, such a statement couple of weeks from those tight forwards? Um, a lot of the stuff we've done has been on uh, attitude and uh, our defensive um, patterns and that and just really wanting to get up off the line and shut teams down, um, get shots on and, um, you know, impose ourselves and impose our physicality on the game um, and it just feels like we've really got that want to do that now um, and it, yeah it looked like that on the weekend too you know everyone was coming up off the line just wanting to put shots on and really wanting to chop the argies and not allow them to get any sort of go forward so um, I think that's been a real real sort of a winner uh, for us well at the moment anyway what does it do when a guy like Nepo does lay a shot like that, Joe, in minute one? Does it just kind of give everybody goosebumps and get them up for the moment and kind of want to do the same thing? Izzy spoke about it and said earlier in the week how kind of, you know, the, the adrenaline that rushes through you. Is that what it feels like out on the field? Yeah, exactly that. It's just, um, it really just pumps everyone up and uh, just, yeah, it, it excites you. And uh, it makes you want to you want to be the next one to, to do that sort of thing. So um, everyone's almost trying to they've, they've seen the platform laid now, and then they're wanting to they're wanting to hit that level, and um, they're really wanting to you know bump it up to the next level sort of thing. So um, yeah, I'm sure once you see a hit like that uh, from someone on your team do it, you're just wanting to yeah replicate it yourself or one up them. So. <laughs> Yeah, it really gets the boys up. Mate, you know as well as anyone, the Argentines are so full of fire and they're so up and about. Um, you know they're going to bring it again, that exact same intensity this weekend and try and peg you back. So how does that make you guys feel and how do you bring that same level of intensity like you did this weekend? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, sometimes it does take a bit to uh, be able to replicate that intensity level you know, from one week to another. Um, so I'm not sure if there's a real uh, set-in-stone answer to how to do that or a real recipe. I guess it's um, each person individually has got to be able to uh, sort themselves out, get themselves in the right mindset and, um, you know, to be there come kickoff uh, on Saturday night. So I'm not really sure if I can give you a specific answer and how we can do it, but it just starts, you know, with yourself and, Everyone's, everyone's got to be able to you know, get on the same page and, and really want it. Hey, Joe, uh, Izzy's not here, which means we get to stick the boot into him, or you do at least. Uh, who's filled his shoes in the All Blacks team of uh, being the larrikin, you know, being the big joker around the team? Has anybody jumped into those shoes? And uh, do you have any stories about the old, uh, old boy Izzy? Um, the big shoes to fill, definitely. Um, and I'm, I don't know if I can really uh, pinpoint anyone in particular. I guess um, Sevu Reese, he's a, he's a bit of a joker and you get a good laugh out of him and the coaches can sort of poke a bit of fun at him and whatnot. So I suppose he's he could have almost filled those shoes. But um, just one quick story that I'll never forget from uh, playing with Daggy. I roomed with him once, and um, which isn't the norm because you normally forge room with forge and that, but... I don't know why we were rooming together. Anyways, before we had to go out on the bus, Daggy had his hair straightened out. <laughs> and uh, it's before he got his lid sorted, actually. 
and um, <laughs> he was straightening the big long flaps over his wee bald spots at the front. <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. Um, but yeah, anyways, that was that was Daggy. <laughs> that was Daggy's pre-game ritual. <laughs> oh, that's so so good. You never would have seen that out at the Tuahiwi Mariah before. No doubt, mate. That is hilarious. Oh, mate, it was unbelievable. I don't know if I'd seen it anywhere before. I just couldn't believe a man with hair straighteners for a start off. <laughs> Beautiful stuff, Joe. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, man. Congratulations on the comeback and hope you get out there this weekend and enjoy it. Beauty. Thanks very much, and Izzy. Oh, oh, Izzy, what is going oh, on? What? what do you mean, mate? What do you mean, what's going on? What's going on? Man, that's the thing I had to get, do. That's the, the pro. I had to steal Daisy's GHD, take it away with me, straighten my hair. The worst thing about it is I'd straighten it and I'd spray it. So it was like cemented down to, to cover up the, the, the bald spots. So it was, it was really, it was like concrete on top. And then once I started playing, I started getting sweating. It was like Batman was playing as well because the flaps actually poked up like two little ears poking out of the, into the sky. So, look, mate, what an absolute larrikin he is. Joe Muda. I can't believe you shared that story. Now I'm going to share my story, mate. I'm going to share my story. That was the one time we roomed in Auckland. We roomed in Auckland together. We roomed in Auckland uh, playing the blues. And he stinks. <laughs> he stinks, mate. He stinks. He doesn't shower. Doesn't, didn't shower once, mate. Don't even know if he showered after the game. I know he didn't shower before the game, 100%. Here's me coming back going, mate, you haven't even moved. We've just had captain's run. you got to go wash that thing because poor Sammy Whitelock's going to put his head down there. Surely you're going to have a wash. Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't those props like go. to be nice and stinky? To um, Wasn't that what the old French props used to do? Just, just have big, long beards that just are disgusting in the front row? Oh, there's, mate, there's a distinct, a distinct quaint, like, a smell way when you go into the changing room after changing, uh, after training. Oh, that, that stench, mate. I don't miss that, eh? Just boys, sweatiness, hard work, but nah. What a, what a champion. Good Joe. Joe Moody, he's a bloke. He's a good bloke, mate. He's, he just lives up the road for me. He's actually just bought uh, Nathan Astle's old house just up the road here in the hocker, mate. They're all living out here. They're moving out to paradise. Um, so Joe Moody, good to see him back. He's an absolute champion, and and mate, he's got some big shoes to fill as well because uh, he is that leader in that front row. He is the leader in that front row with, he's the most experienced. He's been around a long time. He's been to a World Cup. He's won rugby championships. He's done it all. So at the moment, he is a big, big leader in that tight five. And you spoke about it. Like they are playing unbelievable at the moment. And and gone are the days of being a traditional. Prop, mm-hmm. just being a prop that scrums and lineouts. You've actually got to be a ball player. You've got to be mobile around the park. Like you're watching Nipo, you're watching Carl Tui Nukuafi. Those boys are doing skills that backs would be in awe of, mate. Unbelievable skill sets. So great to hear from Joe Moody, and it's great to have him back and seeing him. He's still, he says, quite funny. He is quite funny, man. I used to have some great banter with him. He nearly choked me out, actually. I, just, I turned <laughs> off his music in the gym. I turned off his music in the gym. I went in the gym to do a workout, and my workouts are like two minutes, and his ones are about three hours, and he's squatting 300 kgs on his back. Anyway, he listens to heavy metal. I went in there, I turned it off, and put on my doff doff. He come over and choked me out like I was just about to do thing, lifting me up. Got me behind my neck, choked me out. He said, don't ever change my music again. I was like, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> so don't make him angry because he's a wrestler. I can't imagine um I can't imagine him listening to Dua Lipa. Heavy metal feels about right, doesn't it? It feels about right. He is a he was a champion wrestler, wasn't he? And sometimes he throws people around on the field and you go, oh, God, wouldn't want to be on his wrong side. That's seventeen minutes past seven. That was Joe Moody dishing the dirt on a young Izzy Dag before he got his lid sorted. That's just the good stuff here. 0800 150 is the Kennard's High phone line. We'd love to hear from you this morning. We're talking about to talk electric rugby players after our hard-working compilation yesterday. We've had a request to put together the most electric players. Just a couple of updates going on in the world. Uh, United have been done. They've been done over in the last in, uh, five minutes into extra time, into added time by young boys. 2-1, they had a red card, but Ronaldo's returned to the Champions League, is he? That's no good. That's no no good, mate. Uh, it's okay. We can we can deal with a little slip up here and there, mate. We'll be right. We'll be back. We'll be back, mate. Red card. Tough to win it with a man down, mate. Mm, very very tough uphill battle. And just an exclusive story in the New Zealand Herald this morning. Liam Napier, really good rugby journalist. He's he's got the gravy, as you would say. Is that uh, there's a good chance Aaron Smith is not going to be playing for the All Blacks again this year. So his his um, expected baby hasn't arrived yet, and it's not actually due until late November or early December. So th- there's him leaving uh, New Zealand with no MIQ spot back was too much of a... Well, it was just too much for him and his family to commit to. So, I, look, I think he's done the right thing. He stayed with his family, and if he's comfortable with that, awesome. But it creates a lot of, um, well, I guess, opportunities for Brad Weber, Finlay Christie, and TJ Perinara. So mm. we'll just follow that story as it develops, and maybe we get a word on that a bit later on. Is But you had the challenge, your top five electric footy players. You've thought long and hard. I have, I have. Sorry, I'll just give my little daughter a little kiss. Oh, she's sun- coming and said good morning. Little Tilly, um, mate, I have, and it, it, like, it's it's hard to. There is, we've had so many greats. We have so many unbelievable players that have played the game, and I was lucky enough to play against a couple of them. So, look, this is my list. I want to hear your list. I want to hear your list. Who you think the most electric players are that has gone, or who you think were the most electric players of the game today and past uh, players as well? So, give us a text on double eight double three. My list is, and Adam's actually nailed it. Adam's texted in Masanga. For sure, that is from Adam. So Lilia Masanga is on my list as well. He played for the Chiefs, Counties Monaco. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable talent. So skillful, quick, ball in hand, could could move sideways at a rapid, at rapid pace. He was so good at what he did. Um, here's, here's the one on my list. Brian Habana. Look, Brian was Brian. Just so fast, so good at what he did. Um, lightning quick out on the field. That wasn't hugely um, athletic as, I mean, like agility wise wasn't a big hot stepper like these these current uh, players that we have at the moment but his ability to just whack off the right foot whack off the left foot and stay at the same pace was was great so brian habana joe rocker foco uh just remembering watching him score five tries in australia and that sydney test well, i vividly remember i was i was in havelock north with some friends watching that game and joe rocker foco will probably go down as one of the greats in, in all black rugby Christian Cullen, well, he is my all-time favourite player for ever. So I had to put Cully in there. He defined the game. He changed the game. Um, and just watching him score a couple of those tries, I think he, the one in the sevens when he was playing against Fiji, I think he ran 100 metres and scored the try. Stepped about three, four players. So, so good. Christian Cullen, 
um, it would be top of my list. And then, but my all-time favourite was Rupini Thalthau and Bova. Um, played for the Blues, played for Fiji. I don't think we saw the best of him. He um, he obviously hit the ground running. Unbelievable what he did. So, so quick. Um, scored the most freakish of tries. Luckily enough, I didn't have to defend him. Man, thank goodness I didn't have to mark him one-on-one. That would have been a nightmare in itself. But Rupini, Thalvao and Botha would have to be the top of my list. Just the way he played the game. He just oozes time. He is so fast. His ability to be able to step sideways both feet and stay at top pace was unbelievable. So Rupini, Thalvao and Botha would have to be top of my list for most electric player ever. Um, I want to hear your list. I want to hear your names. And I want to ask you, if you could bring back one of these players, who would it be? If you could make one wish, and that one wish was you're going to get this player for a whole season, you get to watch him do what he does. Doesn't have to be a electric player, just any player. You know, give us a text on double eight double three, and um, we'll read those out because that, that's my list. What do you think, Louis? That is a serious list, Izzy. I, look, I actually think, um, I don't know if you'd make the, the top five of all time, but I reckon yourself probably deserves a shout-out. Young Izzy, dad, you were literally electric. Oh, seriously. Um, we all remember that try against South Africa, but the World Cup semi-final, you skipped and hopped in your prime there in the 2000 and kind of 11, 12, 13, 14 it was just like you were actually electric watching you play, so you'd probably be very close to my list. I reckon um, Sidavini Sivatu was just silky. Oh, he was man. he was kind of less explosive, but just like silky electric. And then another guy in that kind of mould who you, you probably wouldn't think of that hot stepper like the Masanga or Milner's got a whack, but David Campisi. Campo was fast oh, yeah. and when he went full throttle he was hard out electric um some good texts coming through though was 100 mate david campisi he invented the goose step mate the goose step that is campo see he should trademark that mate he'd be a billionaire at the moment <laughs> anyway we've got some good texts uh electric rugby players can't go past cully or rupini if you include short format players the two us sevens boys baker and carlin isles is the other one that is from an unknown texter. Make sure you leave your name. Um, also got, here we go, from Grant. Izzy, what's the best, <laughs> what's the best brand of hair straighteners as I was going to get some for my comb over? Grant Wellington. Well, Granter, uh, there's one called the Silver Bullet and there's one called the GHD. Jeez, so there Grant. you go. <laughs> Grant. No, Trudy. No, Trudy. Not <laughs> That's Grant. We want we want electric rugby players, not smart. What are you giggling at, Trudy? What are you giggling at? Oh, Trudy's gonna get herself together before the music. Masanga for sure from Adam. Fair enough. Fair enough, Adam. Appreciate that. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. We might even see if we can find a couple of clips of these great electric footy players. We'll put that list up on our Twitter. But thank you to Xander for the request. Happy to do that. If you want to know Izzy's opinion on anything footy, double eight, double three. Get in touch with us. Tell you who's back riding in electric form, and that's Maddie Cameron, Izzy. Yes, well, this morning we're saving a massive welcome to all our Waikato base listeners on 9.54 a.m. How good. We couldn't be more thrilled to have you part of our SENZ whānau. Waikato is known for many things. One in particular, a stunning equine culture and community. It is spring and we are racing at Cambridge today before our first group one 
of the weekend down in the Mighty Hawks Bay. And, well, Matty Cameron, he's racing today. And before he, get, he gets off uh, to go do his track work or get ready to race in Cambridge, we want a tip from you, Matt. So have a think about it. Have a think about it. We're going to ask a few questions. And then the end of this interview, I want a wee couple of tips for our punters because they love it. Good morning, Matt. How are you, bud? Hey, mate. Good. Very good. Very, very good. How was how was your morning? I know you're up nice and early. Is how, what's the weather like? Things looking good for the for the day ahead? Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty crappy weather here, but um, luckily we're on that synthetic, so it's not as muddy and horrible as any other place. So that makes a bit of a bonus for the day. Yeah, it does indeed, Matt. And good to have you on the show, mate. And good to have you back in the riding ranks. Actually, um, you took a little bit of break, and you're back in the saddle now. So how is the the body and the mind? Do you feel a bit refreshed? Yeah, definitely. Um, needed a bit of a break, get away from it all, and yeah, it's um, it's good to be back and get back out there and rubbing shoulders with everybody and um, getting stuck into it. So I just want to get this season underway and these bigger races to start chiming in, so it should be good. Yeah, that's right, the bigger races, because that's what your jockeys are after, a bit of that ka-ching, ka-ching, that Baz McCullen rupee, which is fair enough <laughs> as well. Uh, it's a tough job being a jockey, so with just... What was it about the grind of it that just got a bit much and you just needed a spell? Were you just getting a bit bored or disillusioned? or? Yeah, it was just like um, obviously doing it for so long and, you know, um, the horses can be, you know, you can be riding the favourites in every race, but it doesn't all go to plan. So you kind of, you take the whole brunt of the, the disappointment and um, the trainers and owners got to blame somebody and it's always the pilots on top <laughs> most of the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just needed to get away, have a bit of a freshen up, and um, you know it's always at my back doorstep, so it's it's not far to come back, and um, no, I feel refreshed, and it's good to to get back on some nice horses, especially with a lot of trials we've had recently. Um, Step is sitting on a few nice ones that have, have been going well, and haven't stepped to the races yet, so looking forward to them all stepping out. Hey mate, we, we when you stepped away, was it a full step away? You didn't touch, you on a horse, you didn't ride anything, or were you just? slowly chipping away and how have you found getting back into it has it taken a while a long long time to get back to the flow of things and and actually riding the horses yeah like i didn't just completely step away from it um didn't even watch any races for the first few months um just wanted to switch off and and stuff like that so it was um you know it's the last thing i felt like doing was getting back on a horse and and doing something like that so it was just complete um shut off and just just cruising here and just doing my own thing and just catching up with family and friends and and being pretty normal um but um no it's it didn't take him too long to get back i was reasonably fit when i come back and it's without riding you know the body was a bit sore when i stepped back on set back on the horses but um you know a few trials and a few track work every morning and stuff like that for a month or so before i started riding again it was um it didn't take long to get the body back into shape. What about the relationships, Maddie? So, like, you know what racing can be like. It can be quite clicky at times, and, and that maybe was part of the reason why it can get a little bit punishing at times as well. So getting back into it and finding the good rides and getting back with the trainers, you, you were in the game for so long, you got such a good reputation. So did that help? Yeah, it did. Like, it, was, um, it wasn't easy. You know, like, obviously I rode a lot for Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman, and, you know, that was... You know, it was a bit of a blow to them to, you know, when I said I was stepping away because it was it was easy enough for them to to rely on me to be that jockey that, you know, they can talk to the owner and say, oh, sweet, Matt Cameron can ride your horse this week and next week and the week after that he can stick with it. But, um, 
know, it took a bit to convince them for, for me to come back and, into the into the yard and, and get back on some of their horses. You know, still making my way up there again. Um, like I wasn't going to step through that that door and just instantly take the rides off everybody else had been working on them the last few months. So, um, yeah, I'm slowly getting there. You know, the trial rides, putting in the work and 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 getting the job done is what I need to do. So the next the next month or so it'll be the where I need to step up and and prove that you know I'm worthy of getting put back on these decent horses for them. Oh, mate, I think you're going to hit the ground running. I'm going to be watching your name with interest when I have a wee dabble every weekend. I want to ask you about the synthetic track as well. Um, Can you give us a little bit of insight and a little bit of detail about the synthetic track? And and as a rider, do you have to ride it differently or do you have to ride these horses while you're on the synthetic? What is the synthetic and, and do the horses love it or is there something different about it? Yeah, the synthetic's good, you know, especially at, at this time of year. You know, you obviously, we all know how bad, you know, New Zealand weather can be and how much of a hiding these, these tracks, you know, the likes of Rotorua, yeah. Tiara, Matamata, all those kind of tracks cop at this time of year where it's just muddy, it's hard work, the horses just, it's not enjoyable at all. So it's always good to have Cambridge every two weeks where we can jump on there and, and you don't have to go home, you know, covered in mud and the horses are disappointing <laughs> or it's too heavy or the... All the meetings get called off because it is too wet, but um, it is different. You've got to ride different. You know, the, the plans, you know, you go into a grass track, you jump, you want to jump into the trail or jump into somewhere, you're getting a nice, soft, cosy run. But here on the synthetic, you pretty much just jump and you get to about the 800 and it's every man for himself. You know, you just want to get going. So, yeah, the rules kind of go out the door. Um, mm. So it's a bit of anybody's really. So it's hard to... Look at form from a horse who's been on the grass the last three starts and then they jump on the synthetic because they go a few seconds quicker. Um, it's completely different. So um, you go out there, you've got a nice draw, you jump in and you pretty much just go for the from start to finish. So it's, a, it's different, but it's it's good. And some horses like it, um, but some horses just can't quite yeah. go that fast the whole way. So, yeah. Matt, well, that that's a really interesting point because in races six and seven today, so there's one over nine nine hundred and seventy meters, and then one double the distance over two thousand. You've got barriers one with Parker Lewis and Pretty Rosser. Both chances. I really like Pretty Rosser today. Do you think you can jump and lead the whole way? Yeah, well, obviously she went well last time there, and it's always good to see a horse with form on that track because you know you've got some first timers like like you say Parker Lewis. He's the kind of horse you look at his run last time on the grass. He was a little bit, he had been niggled the whole way. He wasn't, um, didn't really travel. So it's going to be interesting to see how he goes on the synthetic when they're going to be going three or four seconds quicker. So I'm going to have to have my wits about me and just try to keep up as much as I can. But, um, you know, Mickey and Lauren's horse um, in six, it's got to be a chance on its last start. Um, Parker Lewis, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a question mark, but he hasn't run for a while, so it might might be a run for him but he'll be storming home down the outside for sure so so give it to us we our pundits love a wee tip so what's your number one tip today pretty russell or that or that other one number six no i might have to go with a completely different horse uh eagle tarzan Ooh. of murray and andrews they um it trolled there a couple of weeks ago and won quite nice he's a speedy horse it's 900 nine, 900 meters so he should be he's drawn one i think too so he'll jump He'll be on that steel pretty hard, and um, he's fit. He's only a little bugger, but he um, he should be running the whole way. So um, he'll be the one to to go for on the trip. 
Thank right. you, Matt. Matt, that is good stuff. Eagle Tarzan, that Baker Foolsman, yeah. Maddie Cameron combo, Izzy. That's just pinging all the algorithms around the world. Well, oh, it will mate. be again soon. Um, awesome stuff, mate. <laughs> you got a good draw there. Good luck. Do you have it? Just quickly, do you have a ride in the Group One this weekend, or do you need to beg a trainer on here? Do you want to? Do you want to uh, single someone out? Do you have a ride? Um, well, I wish I kind of had to beg someone, but like it's. Um it's more wonder of Rogers. It's um, he's a bit of a battler, but um, like I said, that weather's that weather's hitting Hastings pretty hard. I think now and in the next couple of days. So um, who knows who's it going to be? So that kind of throws all the the form out of out the window for the Group One. Yeah. Um, it's going to be pretty wet, wet over there. So if we can, it'll be fit. Roger likes to keep their horses pretty fit. So um, it'll be a roughies chance if the the track stays as bad as it's going to get. So yeah. Awesome yeah. stuff, man. Love a roughie. <laughs> he loves Love her roughie. eyes are lighting up. <laughs> hey, thanks for your time today, mate. Go real well at Cambridge, and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, man. All right, cheers, guys. It's coming up. We've got Ash Dixon, the Mighty Hawks Bay Stalwart. That is our McCafe Coffee Catch-Up. Looking forward. If you've got any questions, make sure you fire them through. Double eight, double three for Ash Dixon. He has done it all. He is represented at our Māori All Blacks, the Highlanders, the Mighty Hawks Bay Magpies. And now he's about to venture off to make some yen over in Japan. So if you've got any questions, please give us a text in double eight double three. I've got some great texts regarding Netflix and succession, last breaths, Chernobyl. Louis given a tip called Pretty Rossa today. Um, we've had it all. We've had some conversations about your most electric player. The most electric player that has ever played the game. And I, I must be honest. I, I, I apologise, I apologise. I can't believe you didn't mention Jonah. Changed the game of rugby with his electrifying speed and agility. Jonah Lamu, I apologise. Jonah, like, he is on everyone's mind. He is probably the first mind that, uh, first player that comes to your mind when, when the game of rugby and electrifying and changing the game, speed, power to burn. Um, yeah, apologise for that. He will definitely be on my list. Totally, totally agree with that uh, text message. So thank you for reminding me. Also, another one, a Fato Sawalo. That chip and chase over Wilson in the 1999 final. That's from Gig. Totally agree, Gig. I've actually, Sky Sport 1. Sky Sport 1, they're playing some flashback games at the moment. And there are some absolute doozies on there. And that was on the other day. A Fato Sawalo, he did a little bounce out on, on Brian Lima, the great Samoan winger. The chiropractor, he bounced out on him, then chipped and chased over Jeff Wilson. And we all know what happened in the end. Another title for the Mighty Crusaders. So uh, keep those texts coming in. I'm really, really loving it. But hey, we've got him. I can't believe he's answered his phone. I can't believe I haven't had to panic text him and say, mate, where are you? Because he's joined us for our McCafe Coffee Catch-Up. Ash Dixon, the Mighty Ash Dixon, Kapani of the Mighty All Blacks and the Māori All Blacks. Thanks for joining us, Ash, mate. How are you, brother? Oh, hey, my brother. That's good, man. How are you? How are you, Brian? I'm, I'm good. I'm good, mate. I'm good. Hey, uh, I know you're living by yourself, and let's be honest, you can't, you can't do anything by yourself. So, what are you doing for for nutrition? Do I have to give the Do I have to give the nutrition? I saw you. Yes, this is the thing. You said I saw on uh, Ash's Instagram. He's been. He made power dumplings. Can you talk us through those, mate? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Power dumplings. Uh, what? Uh, Taught me. The boys rang me out, as you know. Kelsey rang me up and said, "Hey, I've got some um, 
oh yeah, should we make some dumplings? I'm like, yeah, I'll be around. And so I literally came around to his place and he had heaps of power and all these dumplings ready to go. We just made different batches and it was so good, honestly. It was like fried, steamed. Oh. Um, he talks about it like, you know what he's like when he describes food. It is like the mouth waters. And he had all these different combinations and he just kept going and it was so good, honestly. Oh wow! I saw it on Instagram. I couldn't believe it, man. If you're at home, try that. Power dumplings. Yeah. I've never had it, but wow. Oh, honestly, that and that. Um, I think yeah, it's called like oyster sauce or dim sum sauce or something. But honestly, <laughs> it's a it's a combo made in heaven. You've got to have a go at it. All right, mate. All right, mate. You've had a couple of weeks off. You had a couple of weeks off. Skin folds Monday. How are they? <laughs> <laughs> As you know, reverses sometimes here in the Bay are a bit low, and um, we're still going through the pandemic, so the nutritionist hasn't come through the boys yet. But, um, <laughs> oh, look, it should be all right. Just a fair bit of running over the break, so um, it, was, it was good, man. I enjoyed it. So, oh, well, we'll find out this weekend, bro, if I can keep up. Oh, nice. I'm looking forward to the Battle of the Bays. You, you, you mentioned it this weekend, Sunday. You're up against the Steamers, mate. How's preparation been? We had your coach on yesterday, and he had a great story about you tapping out one of the young players the other day in a contact session. Oh. Can you just tell us about that little story? Who was it? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Nah, just, oh, you know, the last, you know, lockdown, we got a lockdown on the Wednesday, and the boys are pretty geeked up, and out a bit of rust over the Wednesday, Thursday, and then we had a bit of a go against each other. But it, it was all in good fun. And um, this year, back in the day when I was learning up here, I did I did run gauntlets against like Clint Newland and Sonna and George Nups and a few other big boys. And geez, we've got a few young guys that are quite big, so we were just doing a heap of contact. And then it just turned a bit funny and a bit rough. And then it just everyone just got into it and it just managed to get a decent shoulder on. But Nothing over the top. The boys are under it. It's good fun, mate. So, oh, um, nice, mate. I know you love a wee bit of contact. Yeah, I know you love a wee bit of contact. <laughs> yeah, I want to, bro. Do you remember that time when uh, all the backs took you boys on in the Fords and that mauling contact session? Can you tell them what happened? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you tell me what happened. What happened? You remember when me, up. Robbie, Zach, we all mauled you against Tom <laughs> Coventry and the Fords, Sunna Hicker, and we all mauled. We had a maul session against you, Fords, and you boys. And then a more try scored against you all year, and we got a try in training. You must remember that. Remember something about that, but I remember there's about 15 backs and about four forwards trying to hold it up. <laughs> I remember Tom doing things like that. Jamie nah. Joe was the same to do that, eh? Like, um, there was one time where Huggy and Lima kept kicking the ball out, and so he got them over at training. He's like, right, you, you fellas come over here. You're going to maul against the forwards. And so he literally just got the inside back hands forwards and it was from the 22. And they were just getting drilled, man. And they were just running into us like angry as. Because we, if we didn't go hard enough, I was going to like, hold them, hold them, push them back. And they were, well, honestly, devastated. And then by the end, it took about 10 minutes and they were so angry with us. We are like, like Lima. Lima was, like, he was about, he was throwing his toys out the cop big time. Nuggy was screaming at us. We're like, bro, like, Come in the belly. Got Jamie Joe breathing right down my back here. Just, just do it. And Jamie's like, "Well, they'll teach you back. So kicking that out all the time. Hold the ball." He wants to. Goes back to try. I'll never forget it. Oh, 
JB Joe, one of the all-time greats. Never got coached by him, thank goodness. He would have ripped the rest of my lid out. Anyway, question for Ash. Can he talk about the team? <laughs> That's funny you brought Jamie Joe up. We've got a question from uh, one of our listeners. Question for Ash. Can he talk about the team environments that Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown create that seems to make players thrive so much and play to their full potential? So many examples of players coming to the Hondas from other sides and exceeding above expectations. Can you, can you tell us about Tony and, and Jamie Joe? Um, yeah, yeah. I guess my early experience with Jamie Joe was that he really puts you under the pump. So if you first come into the environment, it's like his whole mindset is to try and break you. Like, if you bite back or, um, you know, don't, don't do what he's after, then he will just ride you like no tomorrow. Like, you've just got no breathing space. And he's just trying to get you the best out of you. And I guess when you're a young guy, you, you think you know more than you know. And he's just into you. And it's relentless. But I think as you go on and get used to Jake and Brownie, because his nickname was Jake the Master, we would call him Jake. So he would um, he, he would really respect you. So um, yeah. I guess for me, they were like the yin and yang. So Brownie was, um, he came out with the awesome game plans and other skill sets around different things. And Jake was definitely the enforcer around accountability leadership that's that's the thing he's awesome at keeping the pressure on and creating edge and creating real like competitiveness a bunch through the team that by the end of the um week that's fizzing the play because you're that gigged up <laughs> um saturday's more like it, it feels like fun than a um you know like you're going out there to do a job it, it's really enjoyable to play with those two but um yeah, I love playing with them. Like under them, they've been probably, honest, not no disrespect to any other coach I've had, but probably the best coaches I've ever had got the best out of me. So I'm really thankful for um for that one to me. Yeah, hey, you've talked to Brownie, hey? you know, like what's yeah, your take yeah, I've on talked to... Oh, mate, unbelievable mind game. Just thinking outside the square, he's so innovative, like with his um, thinking of the game. The way he comes up with moves, experiments. I love how he just lets the players play. He loves that freedom of yeah. just play what you see and just, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but we'll adapt and we'll react to it. So, my unreal, um, you know, rugby mind for me, Tony Browner. Did you, did you love what he was about and what he brought to, to the Hondas? I thought he's changed the way the Hondas play the rugby at the moment. Oh, yeah. Like, Browner, you know, yeah, you know, when... You know, when you had Bender there and Nuggy there, like that was like our, I guess, our big three. Um, mm. And the way he can relate to everybody in the room. So you've, sometimes as a coach, you've got to understand, and, and this sounds really horrible, but you've got to try to get the message as simple as can to the player in the room that doesn't quite understand that. So whatever yeah, reason yeah. that is, you've got to make your message really clear. And he's, he's the best at making it simple and effective. As you know, sometimes you can have a meeting and it goes forever, and then you've lost half the room. Mm. So quick and snappy, he gets things done, and, and the boys love the way he does it. So it's a he's a unbelievable communicator. He's uh yeah he's awesome. awesome man. Awesome mate, love those little insights from Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown. Unbelievable coaches. Never got the privilege to be able to coach by them, but outside looking in and what you guys were able to achieve. Over the years was uh, awesome, mate. Inspirational. We we got to talk about um, it's Maori culture. Uh, it's Maori language week. Te reo Maori, and um, we know you are a proud Maori. What makes you to be a proud Maori, mate? And you've captained the Te reo, uh, the Maori All Blacks as well. Can you describe what that means to you? Oh, I think it's been proud. 
bro. Uh, like, you don't have to speak the language to be proud of Māori. you just got to understand, I guess, who you are and your identity of what it's about. And that can be whatever it is to you. You don't have to go out there and, um, I guess, lay it on others and, and do it that way. you just got to be you and, and respectful for your own identity and your own culture. Um, I think that's the biggest learning for everyone. Um, I guess what the Māoris are about and what we try to do, it's just such a special team, a special culture that it is driven through identity. But everyone that came in, whether you could speak Māori, look Māori, um, whatever, you know, you were Māori. That was the basis of the side. And I we guys that just had had no experience or nothing around um, whakapapa and tikanga or what, whatever it was to be Māori and coming out, like, absolutely buzzing because they, you know, we do whānanga every night, which is like a cultural session and learning and um, walking and haka and being Māori. And, like, they would come out absolutely fizz and pumped. And, and you know, that that's what it was about. Rugby side of it, um, to be honest, second is about the culture and being Māori, living Māori and, and um, you know, creating knowledge within the group to share. And the rugby side came second A, bro. So it's pretty cool for someone like Wotere who was, you know, fully immersed in Māori right through to now even, you know, the way they live their lives and, and do it and for him telling stories and that. You know, the Māori All Blacks in their eyes and family guys is, is the the pinnacle, you know, like can't read it read it enough how big it was on his side of the family, you know, like that's all his cousins, um, his family talked about because that's all they saw, all they know. It's um yeah. it's pretty surreal, man. Learn it from someone like him, mate. Man, yeah, nah, all to the black, hundred percent, bro. Totally agree, mate. I just want to ask you a quick question for for people out there that are probably look like myself. You you probably a bit bit afraid to make a mistake. You don't want to speak the the language. Um, because you don't want to pronounce it wrong or, or, or you know, you don't want to get it wrong, you don't want to get judged or things like that. What would your advice be for the people that are probably thinking something like that along those lines? Because for me, it is Te Reo Māori Language Week. I feel like I am a proud Māori and I want to embrace it, but I just, I'm scared I don't want to get it wrong and I, or I, I feel like maybe I'm not Māori enough. What's, what's your bit of advice for someone out there? Yeah, bro, I know what you mean, mate. Is it, there's, yeah, I know what you mean, bro. Like, to be honest, it's just having a go. Like, it's it's creating awareness this week about our language and our culture. And it could be as little as saying um, Kilda, you know? Like, it doesn't have to, you don't have to go over the top. It's you creating an awareness for our language and for our people of where it's all begun for everyone, really. Yeah. And it's not about being embarrassed, honestly. It's just like, we don't expect people to go out there and speak Māori and, and do that. Like, you know, that takes time, but it's just understanding the culture and, you know, who we are, the diversity in this country. And, bro, like, honestly, the simplest words can mean the biggest thing. Like, you know what it's like when you go to Japan, you know, and you're talking to the Japanese players and, and you're saying, like, the little things, Japanese, and they are so, like, stoked, humbled by that they, like, you know, really respect you. It's the same, bro, just... Just start small, it doesn't have to be anything big. Just be really willing to learn or open up about the culture and the knowledge, bro. That's it, eh? I don't think I don't think people have to go um and, and try put on something massive that they're, they're unsure about. Just start small, man. Mm. And just build. Go from there, brother. Nice. 
Nice, nice. Love that bit of advice, mate. You are wise head. You've gone a long way from that young kid that turned up in Hawke's Bay with a blonde, mouldy streak through his hair, little orange, little orange oh. hair dye that, you know, you've obviously gone to Kmart to get. Gone a long way, mate. You've come a long way. I love what you're about, Ash. <laughs> you're an absolute champion, mate, and you deserve all the credit you, you get, mate, because uh, you uh, epitomise what a, what a great human is and uh wish you all the best when you go fill up your pockets over in Japan when you get the end. Just before you go, little little score prediction this Sunday. Mighty Magpie's gonna get up. Are we gonna be the bay? Oh let's hope so, bro. I've had our number the last couple of years, man. So Okay, it's gonna be an awesome game. It's gonna be really enjoyable. Such a good one to play the bay. They're good boys and um it'll be a cracker man. But if you know I'm not about score predictions, we'll just we'll just let the talking happen on the field and I'm sure both teams will be into it, brother. Well, if you want a wee tip, mate, there's someone that's really hungry and leans on the back of that more, and that is Ash Dixon. So put your money first try on Dicko because he loves leaning on the back of it more. <laughs> mate, thanks for tuning in, Dicko. Love your work, bro. Go well on Sunday. Boys in the corners. Well, you love it. Rolling more, Dicko. Love it. Good work, mate. Sayonara, brother. Oh, is he? How cool is Ash Dixon, mate? That's it. It's so true. Oh. He always pops up at the back of a ball, eh? It's so true. <laughs> oh, he's always leading try scorer for the Hawks Bay Magpies because they love a rolling more try, and he is a good bet for first try Sunday. There you go, Ash Dixon. Mate, love that conversation. Here's a champ, mate. Louis, sorry, I was trying to get you in, but huh? I was just... Felt, felt like I was sitting in my little man cave chewing the fat with Ash. It was great. No, carp eye, bro. Like, I just thought, and what Ash said about just the smallest bits of today, I like it just, you know, as a um, Pakiha, it just, you know, really resonates. You just, anything is better than nothing. So, yeah, kia ora to Ash, and thanks so much for coming on, man. That was fantastic. Double eight, double three. Has anybody had a power dumpling before? What? <laughs> Trudy, have you ever had a power dumpling? I have never had a power dumpling, but my mouth watered when he said that. But I can tell you at Craggy Range in Hawke's Bay, um, Chef Ooh. there um, does the most amazing power and pork sausage rolls. Oh. And they are I'm next hungry now. level. But I'm power dumpling. Oh, my God. Oh, we need to go to the commercials. I'm going to hose myself down. That is, that is in another stratosphere. Power dumplings, best power recipes, double eight, double three. Or if you just want to say kia ora to Ash for coming on and uh, sharing his story and talking all things footy and, and Māori culture, we really appreciate his time. Welcome, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.